From the headquarters of Team Cowboy, coming to you all the way from Anderson, South Carolina, this is the Finance Cowboy Show, where we're going to teach you how you can create your dream life through the greatest asset in the world, real estate. I'm your host, Jaron Sustar, and I went from having zero properties in 2018 to a portfolio of over $5 million worth of real estate by 2021. And I am excited to be able to teach you all the lessons, tips, and tricks that I have learned throughout my journey, while also introducing you to some of the greatest real estate minds in this entire world. So without further ado, let's get this party started. All right, I'm here with Joe Vary. Joe, what's up, man? I appreciate you being on. Well, Jaron, thank you for having me on. I love to talk about what I do because it is really helpful to real estate owners and investors. I am stoked um, because I get questions nonstop on cost segregations. Like if I had a dollar for every time somebody in my academy asked me about cost segregations or I got a DM about it, um, I'd be on an island chilling somewhere. Actually, I wouldn't because I got four kids. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm super excited to break it down. How did you get into this world? Because it's very niche. Okay, so I'll make it real quick. So I started out being an entrepreneur. When I was in college, I got a job as a junior, and I was in the travel industry. And to make it fat, this really quickly, then I, I, I started my own tour company where I did special interest tours. I owned and operated that for 20 years. And things in the industry changed. I'm not going to get into it. But then I got out in 2000. I sold my business and I got involved with the California Association of Realtors. And I was helping uh, the the realtors and their clients with um, financial issues. I was securities licensed and I went down that whole rabbit hole of providing, um, you know, financial planning. And then, you know, what happened in 2007, eight. uh, But let me regress. Before that, I had a guy who kept wanting to talk to me about this thing he thought I'd be, I really need to know about. Well, I thought he was trying to sell me to be an Amway and selling soap. So I blew him <laughs> off for a year. And finally I said, okay, Mike, let's go to lunch. Tell me what you want to tell me. And he told me about this, this um, legitimate approved, IRS approved um, uh, study called cost segregation. I asked him what it was about. I had two clients that were facing down a $50,000 um, uh, tax bill and they didn't have the money to pay the IRS. So I helped those two clients. And then uh, in 2007, eight, the car went over the cliff. It crashed in the California Association of Realtors. Uh, probably their, me- I don't know, but their membership uh, was cut in half or more. And uh, that ended that part of my career. Well, the owner of the company I placed my cost seg business in, he said, you're really good at this. Why don't you um, just, just start working for me? I started and I never looked back. I was really lucky because I had clients in that day and age that were actually buying. They had deep pockets and they were buying real estate. They weren't the ones suffering, selling, dumping real estate. They were acquiring real estate. And so guess what? They had a lot of taxable income. So I started off fast in about, oh, I don't even know now. I could go back and look. Seven years ago, I started U.S. Tax Advisors Group and uh, started my own business. Love it. What is a cost segregation study? Okay, so again, 10,000 foot uh, um, view here. Now, I am not a, an accountant, so I'm not going to give anybody uh, accounting advice. I'm not an attorney. I'm not going to give you tax advice. I'm just going to tell you from my mind, my perspective, all of these things, all the questions I'm going to answer. Everybody should have somebody they can vet my information with. I will tell you right now, there are very, very few circumstances where cost segregation does not make sense. So what, what you have is you have taxable income. I'll make up a number. You have $100,000 in taxable income. 
It's taxable. So what reduces taxable income? What reduces our expenses? Depreciation is an expense the IRS gives building owners to signify, to show that their building is deteriorating over time. If you don't accelerate the depreciation, and this is IRS, I don't even know, I never looked where they came up with this, so don't ask me. So bottom line, for residential, you depreciated over 27 and a half years, and for commercial, you depreciated over 39 years. So what do I mean? Well, you take whatever you paid for the property, not what it's worth today, what you paid for it, you back out the land, because land is not depreciable, and then you take that number. So let's say I'm, I, I have a $1.2 million acquisition and you, the, the owner of the building, allocate 200000 to the land. Now I've got a million dollars to work with. If you use straight line, you divide by 39 years for commercial. If you're residential, you divide by 27 and a half. So you can tell it's a very small number. What we do is we do what the IRS is, it says is the right way. Now, how do I know they say this is the right way? Because there's a document out there called the um, Audit Technique Guideline for Cost Segregation published by the IRS. So if anybody cannot sleep at night, download that document and read it. And that's my Bible. That's what we go by. We go by what the IRS tells us they're looking for in a quality cost segregation study. So all we're doing is we're using IRS rules and regulations and we're taking all the components of the building and we're putting them into shorter life um, classes. So what are the shorter lives? Five year for the interior, which are going to be countertops, counters, window coverings, flooring, specialty lighting. And then we look at the outside of the building. There's also a seven year category, but I'm going to um, seven year. It, it can be furniture and fixtures, which, you know, most of the time we don't break that out, but sometimes we do. So I'm just going to skip to the, the to the land improvements, what's on the outside of the building, things like uh, landscaping, driveways, pools, patios, specialty outside lighting, um, basically driveways. Basically, that's 15-year um, items. So if you take what we accelerate in the classes of, of 5 and 15 year, and you and and you you now have the ability to use bonus depreciation, and how bonus depreciation works is that any life of the building, guess what? That's what we do. Any life of the building with a a category of 20 years or less, you can take all of what we find 100% in 2022. I'll go back to this. In 2020, 100% of what I find. So let's go back to the million-dollar building. Let's say I find $250,000 in short-life assets. You can take all of that 250 and subtract it from your income taxes. So that's why bonus depreciation is really valuable. However, don't forget, I've been doing this for so long, we didn't have bonus. So it means very little to me because what it is, is it's a timing factor. That's all it is. Meaning that, yes, is it nice to get all of the 250 today? Of course. But if you don't get it all today, you're still going to get it, but it's going to take a couple of years because of the way the math works. So 22 was the last year, not ship has sailed, for, um, uh, well, not really, but, but 22 is the last year for 100% bonus. And uh, now it goes down in um, increments of 80, 60, 40, 20, and zero the next couple of years. So 23 tax years, 80% bonus. So I'm going to give you the whopping 80% in 23, and then you're going to get the 20% over time, over a couple of years, however the math works out for the building components that we talk about. So bonus depreciation is really cool, but I I don't use that as a scare tactic or a selling card. I like my clients to know about it, but one great thing about COSEG is we can do look-back studies. I can go back about 15 years and make COSEG work. 
So if you go back and, and you look at 15 years, well, you're not going to get 100% bonus, but you're still going to get a lot of value and it's still going to make, make sense to do it. So a lot of people don't know about the look back part of what we do. And like I said, 15 years is, is not a bright line in the sand. We do a, a no cost estimate to determine, like if, it's a, if you go back to 2008, I'll do the estimate to see if it makes sense. And what I'm looking for is how much are you going to pay for the study? How much in benefit are you going to get? And if it's 10 times my fee, I will give you a thumbs up. If it's less than 10 times my fee, so if I charge you, I'll make up a number, $1,000, I want you to save 10 grand. If you can't save 10 grand, I will tell you, don't do it. But a lot of people still want to, you know, do it for saving 5,000. That's their decision. But I think 10 times my fee is a good value proposition. And that's, that's the numbers we look at for a look back study. Wow. So it doesn't have to be the year you buy it. You can go back. And, and like you're saying, look back. That's pretty crazy. A lot of people don't know this. It's still nowadays, uh, Jared, a lot of people do not know about lookbacks. They think it's the current tax year or they think it's only for big buildings, huge buildings, like a building in downtown L.A. or downtown Phoenix or downtown Omaha. No, I do. I do single family homes. We thrive on single family homes. So what type of building can't you do? We'll make it easier there. Or is I've really probably done every type, but the ones that don't make a lot of sense, I'll give you an example. And I've done this, but it makes it tough. Would be like a ranch. And what am I looking at in a ranch? I'm looking at fencing for their for their pastures. I'm looking at the water towers. I'm looking at some of the, the buildings, the sheds, maybe a workshop. But there's not a lot of, uh, of fruit in doing a ranch. But a lot of people will say, well, I've got a warehouse. It's, it's four walls and a roof. How are you going to find any personal property in a warehouse. Well, you'll be surprised. We will always find personal property in the inside of a warehouse. I don't care if it's shelving. I don't care if it's a, if it's a restroom. I don't care if it's an office. We'll find some, but the major part of, of an industrial building is going to be the land improvements. Those are huge because what do they have to do to prepare for the warehouse? They've got to do grading. They've got to do asphalt. They've got to do curb stops. They've got to plant trees. They've got to do fences. They maybe are planting grass. And, and the 15-year uh, uh, property in a uh, warehouse still makes it valuable. So I would always get the estimate first to see what the numbers look like. And if the numbers don't work, I will be the first to tell you, don't do it. Wow. So we're looking. We can do single-family long-term, single-family short-term, commercial, apartment buildings. I mean, that's that's pretty awesome. That's powerful. And I feel like a lot of people are confused on that. Picture this, you're ready to put an offer on the perfect investment property, but then you hit a wall. Financing. Dealing with hard money lenders is the biggest headache us real estate investors have, and I thought that's just how hard money had to be, until I met Backflip. Backflip is totally different. They're changing hard money by making loans actually stress-free, and I know this firsthand because I personally use them for my own deals. It's the perfect combo of tech and real people. Their free app makes everything more efficient, and every loan is personalized to what matters to you, be it low interest, high leverage, or zero payments until you sell or refi. And while other lenders just write a check and forget about you, Backflip has been a true partner for my business. Call them anytime with any question. Even if you don't borrow for them, you can use their app to pull comps and estimate profits. Discover the backflip difference at backflip.mobi backslash finance cowboy pod. Now, here's a, uh, there, there's a couple of reasons. What I like to do is talk to everybody first because I want to find out 
if they can use my benefits. And what do I mean by can they use it? I, I like I told you before, almost everybody can, but there are certain like now there's more than four, but, but I'll give it, I think four, but it's not important. So number one is if you're not going to hold the building for at least a year and a half to two years, I will tell the, the client or their accountant, you probably don't want to do cost seg. There is a component in cost segregation or in, in depreciation called depreciation recapture. And it's thought of as a tax. It's 25% of all the depreciation you took. So what does cost seg do? It gives the, the building owner cash flow. It's a free loan from the government. So if I give somebody $250,000, they, with depreciation recapture, when they sell the building for cash, cash only, not an exchange, not if they pass away and it goes to the estate, but only if they sell it for cash, they're going to have to pay that tax back. So, so we got to look at that. And I like a year and a half to, to two years because I have, um, I speak all over the country and my, I ask my CFOs, I say, okay, so you own, you know, $2 billion. What, what do you think? And I, I distilled it down to a year and a half to two years, but it depends on what you are going to do with the dollar I save you. If you're going to put that dollar in a savings account at the bank, I will tell you, you probably aren't a good candidate to do cost seg. I want a real estate investor that takes that dollar and they can make 60%, 50%, 40% on a dollar. Because even if you have to pay it back, you're still getting an interest, uh, a, a free loan, interest-free loan from the, from the government. Take it. Buy more real estate, even if you have to pay it back. And again, you only pay it back if you sell it for cash. No other, other um, play comes into factor there. So that's one reason. The other reason why I wouldn't, um, and so if you're going to be a flipper, you're going to sell it immediately. I'll tell you, I'll be the first to tell you, don't do it. Yeah. Now, flippers do work with me because they can make a lot of money on their money. And even if they have to pay it back in one year, they still move forward. But that's a personal decision. That's not a Joe decision. Number two is I talk to um, the investors to find out what kind of investor they are. Are they a, um, are they a passive or active? Everybody who owns real estate should know those two terms. And I'll make it really, really simple. An active real estate investor, uh, the IRS says for long-term hold properties are spending 750 hours per year. Well, that's not a lot of hours. So there's a lot of, of, of investors that can qualify. But then here's the deal. You have to make the majority of your income from real estate also. So you have to do the 750 hours and you have to make the majority of your income. So um, what we do in certain cases is if, if the, a client is married, then, then the client may take the um, spouse and make them the active um, real estate. Uh, the, they're the ones that are working with the property managers, paying the bills, and they will qualify. And you file jointly the, um, the, 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 the other spouse who has a, um, a taxable income, like an engineer or doctor, can still use the write-offs. That's one little technique. Um, the other thing is short-term holds. Short-term holds are really valuable because the IRS drops the 750 hours down to 500. So you only need to have 500 per week for Airbnbs, short-term rentals. Um, and one caveat with short-term rentals is those are considered not residential. I don't, I know their homes. I know their fourplexes or duplexes or whatever you're, you're using for an Airbnb, but they're considered hotels. So they're 39 year property. Is that a big deal? Not really, but I just want everybody to be aware that, that they're, they're no longer considered residential property. Um, and, and I also ask them if they can use my tax deductions. So a lot of people out there, they, they get enamored with real estate and they're not talking to their accountant to know if they owe any income tax. You have a lot of benefits with real estate ownership. You have a lot of deductions. 
you may not need to pay any income tax. If you don't need to pay income taxes, call me when you do. When, you're, when your accountant says you have to write a check, call Joe. But until you know that you owe income taxes, don't, don't, don't bother calling me because you don't need me until you start paying. And then don't forget, I can do a look back study. So if I don't do it for tax year 2023, I can do it for 2024 or 25. Man, I love this. This is so helpful. So I want you to pretend you got somebody who's never done a call seg before. They got a bunch of income. They're like, dude, I, I need to do one. What does that process look like? Okay. So what happens is we do the no cost um, estimate. So basically you get a link from uh, USTAGI. My, my, my assistant, Shannon, would email everybody a link and you fill out the information on the property. We're not looking for a lot of information. We just need to know the, the, the usual suspects. Okay. How much did you pay for it? Do you know the land allocation? If you don't know the land allocation, I will use what I think is reasonable. You have to confirm what you want to use before we get done with our work. But I'll just like use 20% because nationwide 20% is kind of in the ballpark. So I just use 20%. And then I, I need to know when did you buy the property? And I need to know um, the address of the property. Now I can look up what kind of property is. I do need to know what kind, but I'm going to look up the address and I'm going to see what, what kind of property is there's a lot of information I'm going to be able to pull up from the, from the internet. So for a current tax year acquisition, that's all I need. Fill out that form. I'll return back an, an email uh, with the estimate and the proposal. And then you can talk to your uh, team and, and make, see if it makes sense. I'm available to talk to your team if they have questions. Now, the other one is a look back study. The look back studies, you've already filed a, de a, a depreciation schedule. You've already told the IRS, I own this property. I need that schedule. It's called the um, it's called the federal tax depreciation schedule or a fixed asset schedule. I need that piece of paper that tells me the exact answer to the questions. How much did you allocate to the building? How much did you allocate to the land? How much were there were there any other uh, capital expenditures that you did after you bought the property? And what year and uh, what date did all of these take place? So if it's a look back study, all I need is, is the depreciation schedule. Email that back and I'll we'll return the estimate and um, the proposal back to you. So that's a, how easy it gets. And then once we get involved in the study, you sign off of it and you say, let's go. Then for the smaller buildings, all I'm going to need are, are, uh, are documents that are relatively easy for you to send me. A closing statement. I need to know if you've done any improvements. How much did you spend on the improvements? And I'm only looking for capital improvements. Most of the time, a lot of expenses can be expensed. Expensing is at the top of the pyramid. Everybody wants expenses. Acceleration is the second level down. So you should be able to find a lot of these, these um, costs that you're spending your money on can be expensed. You don't need me. Expense them. I only am interested in capitalized costs. Well, what's a capitalized cost? For example, a roof or an HVAC. You can't expense a roof and you can't expense an HVAC. You have to capitalize those. So basically, I want to know all the capitalized expenditures because those then will fall in the bucket of being an expense over that straight line period for residential 27 and a half year for commercial 39 years. So I need to know capitalized expenses and I need to know the work you did. You can't give me an invoice from Home Depot that says you spent $40,000. I need to know what you spent that money on. Is it for land improvements? Is it landscaping? Is it for the air conditioner? Is it for uh, carpeting and, and countertops? So, um, and, and basically, uh, I want an appraisal if you have an appraisal. Appraisals are, are gold. They're very valuable because that tells me and my engineers 
what's actually, you know, we can see pictures and we can kind of, you know, square footage and all that. I might need some other information depending on the building, like a rent roll, because what I'm looking for is how many tenants and what's the square footage of, of, of the tenants. Other than that, you're, you're done. That's all you have to do. And we do all the work. I know I have competitors out there that are the do-it-yourselfers. And that means somebody's got to sit down and spend hours figuring out all this information and trying to input it into a program. And our costs are either lower or very similar to the do-it-yourself guys. So I would say don't do it, number one. And number two is we defend our work to the IRS at no extra charge. You get audited. You have questions by the IRS. We will we'll go to bat and we'll explain to the IRS our methodology and what we did, and we'll defend our work. I love it. What does that look like on your guys' end? Like somebody gets all their information to you, y'all have it, engineers go to work. Like what's a high-level view of, of the behind the scenes? Now, we do a couple different types of studies. I, mem- I, I mentioned the, the smaller buildings. To me, the definition of a smaller building is, is a building basis. Remember, acquisition less land of 750000 or less. With that type of building, we do an analytical type of study, a modeling study. It's, it's, a, it's a, a cost seg study, but we do it differently, meaning that we can do everything online and we're telling the IRS, okay, for this type of building with this basis bought in this year, this is what you would expect to find in that building. We'll break out all the items. And so bottom line is, um, you know, what we'll do is we'll take that information and if, if it's $750,000 or less, then we do the report in about two weeks later, maybe, uh, we say 30 days. So let's stay with that. 30 days later, you'll get a report that your, uh, uh, your accountant can um, um, apply to the tax return. Then if you have a, a detailed, like remember 750, if it's over 750, that's a different type of study. 750,000 over, we are going to have to see that building one way or the other. There's a lot of different ways and it just depends on the building. But let's say it's a $5 million hotel. We're going to have to go out to the building. My staff will have to go out to the building. We're going to have to measure everything. We're going to have to document everything by taking pictures. And then then the engineer is going to take that information. And instead of doing it analytically, they're going to actually work the numbers and and work with the actual, you know, numbers. Okay. Uh, 15 linear feet of cabinets. 15 linear feet of laminate countertops. We break down the whole building from, from the, the long-term assets, which are the 27 and a half, the 39 year, as well as we break out all the 15, all the five, and if there's any other categories like furniture, all the seven-year property. So once we go out there and we, we inspect the building, once I get all the documents in, that's when the 30-day um, clock starts on on those type of on those type of buildings. So I will deliver your report after I do the site inspection 30 days after I get all the documents and we go out there and look at the property. And that's it. And then they take it to their accountant and if they have questions, they need to make changes. I I want everybody to look over everything cuz cuz come on, we're humans. We make mistakes. So if you have a one story a single family home and you show an we show an elevator, well obviously we made a mistake. So we got to rectify that. So I want everybody just to look for the brilliant, brilliant, maybe dumb things out there like, oh, swimming pool. We don't have a pool. Things happen because we're really busy. So I want them to put their eyes on it. Double check, not the, the quantities and the amounts. That's my responsibility. I just want somebody to look at the report and say, yeah, this looks like my single family home, four bedroom, two bath, blah, 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 blah. And then basically once they say, yes, we agree with your numbers, then we issue the full report. 
So what are the downfalls of cost seg, if any at all? Like what would be, why would, why would somebody have a bad experience with the cost seg? That's a great question. Uh, the downfalls is if you uh, don't use somebody who's competent and quality, you're going to be, you, you might find yourself, you know, behind the eight ball. There's a lot of companies out there that threaten that they'll defend their work and they just don't. When the IRS comes knocking on the door, they run. Uh, we don't do that. So that's one uh, consideration. If you do it yourself, you got to consider that too, because the IRS is going to come knocking on the door. And by the way, just so everybody knows, we're in contact with the IRS. We had a meeting with them about a month ago, uh, the IRS engineers, and it wasn't just my company, but it was a, a group of us who met with the IRS and they have hired 150, just this phase, new uh, engineers to, to, to go after people. So I'm prepared for that. So I'm expecting more audits. To answer the question of audits, I've never been audited. Uh, no, take it back because I just got one today or last week. One time in um, since 2007 have I been audited. So now I'm going to have to explain to the IRS exactly what we did, and I'm not concerned about it. But you want somebody who's going to defend the work. So, so that's number one. Um, other than that, you've got if you're a short-term holder and you're a flipper, You've got to worry about depreciation recapture. That could be a little bit problematic. Um, other than that, um, you know, you, you're, you, the client's the one that comes up the land allocation. I would stress be very, be very realistic with your land allocation because the IRS really hones in on that. If somebody is claiming five percent for land on a on a on a, you know a, a, a building, they probably will say no. You can't use five percent. That's way too low. I told you. The national average is 20%. So if you get greedy, you're going to get slaughtered. But other than that, I hate to say this, but there really is no risk. Even if you had to sell your building the next year, all you're going to do is break even. You're going to pay me my salary. You're going to get a little bit of benefit from having the money for a year. You're going to have to repay it back to the IRS and depreciation recapture, and you're going to break even. So there's really no risk in doing cost ed. Guys and gals, listen, this is a strategy that a lot of wealthy people use, a lot of high income earners use to offset taxes. And it's a question we get asked a lot. And I, when I saw Joe come on the show, I was super stoked because I knew you were going to be able to answer a lot of questions. And yeah. you certainly did that. So um, thanks for being on. Where can people find you, Joe? It's simple. It's U.S. Tax Advisors Group Incorporated. So the acronym is U-S-T-A-G-I. So that's the best way. You can get a hold of me on USTAGI.com and you can schedule a meeting with me or you can schedule a meeting with one of my staff. You can go online and you can find the links that, that will be inputted in so that we can do, the, um, do the, uh, uh, the estimate. But I think that the first step should be schedule a call with either me or one of my staff just to go over and make sure nobody's spinning their wheels I like to go over and find out, are you legitimately a good candidate or not? If you're not a good candidate, I'll turn you loose. If you are a good candidate, I'll have my assistant send you the link to fill out the information. Love it. This has been fantastic. Joe, I appreciate you taking time out of the out of your day to be on, guys and gals. If you want to get in, get some call segs done, Joe is a fantastic person to reach out to. He's been doing this, what, 16 years now, since 2007? I'm too old to um, remember. <laughs> that's a that is a long time which is fantastic because yeah. that means you have experience and you've probably seen pretty much all of the good bad and the ugly so yeah. joe thanks right. for being on man and um i really appreciate it thank you for having me it was great